Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Friday edition of Believe in Betting Chicago right here in the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today, a reaction piece to the Bears dominating the Cowboys 31-24 to at Soldier Field to keep their season alive for one more week. They got a 7.5% chance to make the playoffs. You're telling me there's a chance? I kind of like those odds. So let's get into it and let's talk about the game right here today on Betting Chicago. Now, before we do, it was a great game and it was so thoroughly satisfying. I had some boys over. I had some friends over. Past guests of the podcast, Dave came over. Dan Sanders-Joyce came over. Future guests like Paige Smith and Kyle Moore also came over. We had a great time. We were in Bears gear cheering them on. Watched the Irishman afterwards. No spoilers, but enjoyed it. Just a great bro night. And now the Bears are 7-6. and six. They got three games left. The Packers in Green Bay. The Chiefs at home. That's going to be a cold one. And then in Week 17 against the Minnesota Vikings. So I brought this up before Thanksgiving because I feel like no one else was doing it. And now everyone's doing it, so I'm going to reiterate This is how the Bears make it to the playoffs in my eyes. They need the Rams to lose two more times. Keep in mind, they play the Seahawks and they play the 49ers each one more time on their schedule. That could easily be two more losses there. The Bears, obviously, they need to win out against the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Vikings. The Vikings, honestly, the Vikings only need to lose one more time. In theory... The Vikings could go into week 17, 10 and 5. The Bears, 9 and 6. The Bears beat the Vikings by virtue of tiebreaker. They make the playoffs. So that is still a very, very doable situation, albeit a lot the Bears got to do on their own end. And we're going to get to the game in a second, but it is still possible. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but here's how I look at it. If the Bears win out and they beat, those Packers, those Chiefs, and those Vikings, and they make the playoffs, guess what, Bears fans? The Bears have a chance to win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl. Because if you're going to beat those three playoff teams, plus that Dallas Cowboys team you beat last night, you are in a position now to be one of the best teams in the NFL. If you don't go to the playoffs and you lose one of those games, you don't go and it turns into a season of could-have-beens. And haven't we already been living in that place already for the last three months? So what is the difference? If they do actually miraculously pull that off, the Bears are right back in Super Bowl contention. I know it's crazy, but here we are. We're saying it. And maybe this is just a little dose of chubby to get me feeling this particular way, but I kind of see it as one or only two ways that can happen. So let's just take it to next week. Let's play the Packers. We're going to come back. We're going to do another podcast with some betting lines for that Bears and Packers games because it is going to be huge, and the Bears have a complete total shot at winning that game. So a couple of things first, because obviously Trubisky played great. The offense looked the best that it has looked. I mean, that was Tampa Trubby. The way that the, he sliced up the Buccaneers last season and what was it, week three or week four, that is what we got in that game last night. Trubby from the very first drive, albeit he threw a bad pick on that first drive. They were in the red zone, I believe, six of the first seven possessions in that game. They were moving the chains. And here's the stuff that I really liked a whole lot. First of all, it is obvious Trubisky has that confidence back. There is a little bit of that swagger. I've been talking about it all season long, but that pocket urgency was right there on full display last night. 
He got out. When he didn't see it, he used his legs, and he picked up a first down. And who knew that running and picking up that first down in that early part of that first quarter kind of really opened everything else up for the offense. And the rest of the night, Trubisky was able to have success, and the rest of the offense was able to have success. You can see it even when he drops back for his passes. You can see his moving, his head moving side to side. He's actually going through his progressions. He's looking at different spots in the field and not just one guy where it's hike the ball, Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson, incomplete. No, he's looking. He's actually improving his accuracy because they're picking up the pace in between calls. He's making things happen. It's unbelievable. He looks like a completely different quarterback. And again, the running was fantastic. The accuracy was there. But again, another tangible that I really like about Trubisky that is a part of his growth process is he's getting really good at that hard count. Picked up another uh, neutral zone offside penalty on the Cowboys last night using that hard count to make it a short, What I think it went from a third and nine to a third and four. And that was a huge play because they converted that into a first down. And that is the little type of stuff that I'm starting to really enjoy from Trubisky. Other part, too, that I've been hammering on him all season long. Trubisky and his kill plays were absolutely garbage for the first six or seven weeks of the season. He would read a defense, he would kill the play, and he would check out to something else, and chances are we were getting negative yardage with that. That did not happen against the Cowboys last night. When he was checking out, not only was he reading the defense and making the correct calls, but he was making calls that turned into huge plays. There was one moment where I think he checked out of a particular play, ending it up keeping it himself, and then a huge run with it. Again, checked out of it again, made a great pass, made a first down. This is stuff, guys, that we were not seeing at the beginning of the season. And this almost, it's not like it's a completely different quarterback, but it looks closer to the quarterback that we were hoping to take that next step from week one when the season began. He looked good last night. There is nothing out there that the Trubisky haters can say about that performance last night other than that he was really good. Now can you knock him of, can he stay consistent? Where has it been all season? All right, those are two answers that we don't know the true answers to at the end. I have some thoughts on the latter on that one. But can he keep it going? We're just going to have to wait and see, and we're going to have to live with it. But right now, the arrow is pointing up. Devil's advocate for a second. You know, really bad pick in the first quarter. Overthrew Javon Wims. Even if it was an accurate pass, it was a very, very tight window. He got away with a lot of, lot of really tight throws that ended up going in the Bears' direction that easily could have been interceptions last night. Another part, two as well, the Bears' weapons looked fantastic last night, making plays, a lot of yak, a lot of yak yards last night. But keep in mind, in my opinion, by the second quarter, Those Dallas Cowboys were not very interested in tackling, especially in the secondary. I thought the Cowboys linebackers had a good game. Jalen Smith obviously involved in a lot of plays. But from a tackling perspective, it looks like the Bears got away with a lot. Now, is that going to play itself out against the Packers next week? I'm not sure. Could it be a factor when the Chiefs come into town in cold weather in Chicago? Absolutely. But I definitely think that was an advantage for sure. And I have to admit... We lost Javon Wims last night. Our tight end situation has been awful all season long, but I kind of think we're kind of fitting into a nice little collection of weapons right now. And they're not the most talented, and they're not, they weren't on top of the depth chart when, the tra- when training camp started. But these great guys right now are all clicking. It's almost like a lineup in basketball that you just want to ride for right now because they're hot 
or a lineup in baseball that doesn't make a whole lot of sense when the season started, but right now the dynamics kind of balance and complement each other perfectly. Anthony Miller has come on the last couple weeks and looks like an absolute beast. Who knew what could happen when you get the ball into Anthony Miller's hands? Who really knew? Allen Robinson, still that metronome, that consistent force. Every single game he is there making plays in tough catches in traffic. I can say it over and over again. Cohen did okay. He was able to kind of flash a little bit of a different look. I think that's something that we can probably expect more out of him. Game-breaking plays, leaning on him for offense. I don't really think that is going to be his role. I think he is definitely a change of pace back that you can probably depend on to just give Montgomery a breather every once in a while. And I really loved what happened with J.P. Holtz and Jesper Horstead last night. Nothing super impressive, but guess what? They got open and they caught the ball. And when you're a tight end, that is all you can ask for. I thought they did a nice job blocking in the backfield to open up some running lanes. I really loved seeing a couple instances where Cordero Patterson actually slid down onto the line and almost served as a tight end. He was fantastic in that one play. I mean, I don't even need to tell you. Just look it up online and check it out. That jab step to free open and then get, what, 35 yards after that, not only was a product of poor tackling, but just a product of him being awesome. Get the ball in his hands. These guys can make plays, and that is a lot of what we saw last night. So you're asking yourself, where has this been all season long? And obviously... You know, NFL seasons are so sacred and so precious. Every single year, you think you only have a window that is only so open. It's a finite window to possibly win a Super Bowl. And it's unfortunate, but this is what's happening is young coach, young quarterback, growing pains this season. The Bears were late to the party on so many different fronts to begin the season. They were late on what I've talked about in the past with how they've handled Mitch Trubisky, not playing him in the preseason, not getting the offensive line into the heat of the battle as a cohesive unit to just get some game action. For Trubby to just try some things, try some of those looks, some of those shoulder fakes in the preseason to get used to it. They didn't do any of that. It really cost them. The running game, I'm not going to blame on the coaching staff so much because, I mean, let's be honest, when week one came around, they were starting Mike Davis. It was not David Montgomery. Now, Montgomery quickly became the starter, but now you're starting to really see a rookie running back coming into his own and understanding his role in the offense. And I tell you, David Montgomery had some of the most wonderful, entertaining, enjoyable eight, nine-yard runs to watch, as I can remember since the Forte days. I mean, this guy is hard to bring down. He is hard to even get a hand on, and when you do get a hand on him, he still is able to wiggle his way to two or three more extra yards. Does he have that breakaway speed? No, but man, he made our he made our life so much easier creating short down situations. And if you create short down situations for Mitch Trubisky, he can thrive. When you get him in the third, eight, third, and nine, much like a lot of quarterbacks, you are going to struggle a little bit. And that's what the Bears were able to do last night. Short yardage situations, even on those third and nines, you kept it at a minimum. You made plays happen. And even on second and long, they got those shorter yards. And, hey, let's just get some yards and let's get a little bit closer. The play calling from the beginning. Again, Nagy 2.0 is more more prevalent now in my mind seeing this offense perform than it was before. I think that they 
weren't on the same page with where their quarterback's progression was in his career, and they did him a disservice at the beginning of the year. And then when the quarterback began to struggle, they began to tweak and change it in such a way that was even more of a handicap for the quarterback, and that is on the head coach. Now, are they in a rhythm, and are they starting to figure it out? Yes, and I think a part of it has to do with Nagy is trusting Trubisky more. I mean, it is live or die. Let the guy make some decisions. You don't have to coddle him all the time. You definitely have to build in certain things that normal quarterbacks don't need. Like, you have to have those run plays. You have to have a little bit of that misdirection, a little bit of that rollout. But guess what? Cater your offense to the quarterback and then see what happens. Beginning of the year, weird play calls, confidence problems. Trubisky was definitely dealing with accuracy. I think that kind of... That kind of made Nagy shy away from some of his calls earlier on in the season than he probably need to. They tried to play conservative to win games, but in the end, they didn't have that elite defense, and they didn't have even a mediocre offense to be able to compete. And that's why you saw all these low scores, these close games, and these tough, tough losses. The other problem, too, as well, the O-line. Making the switch to Cody Whitehair came way too late in the season. I really don't understand what they were thinking trying to make James Daniels the center. You just gave Whitehair all that money. Let him be the leader on that offensive line. He did it last year. It worked out. Why did you change it just because the profile of Daniels in college was to be a center? That never really made any sense to me. And now that they made that switch back, obviously Trubisky seems to be more comfortable in that role. Daniels seems to be more comfortable just firing off the ball and hitting people. And that was another situation where the coaching staff was a little late to realize that this season is sacred. You have to make these moves and you have to just you can't you can't just draw these up on a whiteboard and think that it's going to work out. Once you get in the heat of the battle, you got to be able to make those decisions real time and do whatever it takes to win games. And that's part of the growing pains with the coach, and I'm glad that we're starting to see positive results now because it is a wonderful lesson. It is a learning tool for not just the head coach, the quarterback, but for Bears fans as well. And let's talk a little bit about Trubisky. Yeah, Trubisky haters. I got to be honest. I was right there with you. I really was. Now, I'm one of the biggest Trubisky apologists you will ever find on the planet. When we drafted him on draft night, I thought it was going to be Deshaun Watson. And the way that I rationalized it in my head was, well, the guy's got a fantastic Chicago last name, Trubisky. I mean, this this has to make sense. I did everything I could mentally, mental gymnastics to talk myself into it. And I've been defending him every, every step along the way, but I'll be honest with you, this first half of the season was as brutal, and it was as depressing, and it was one of the most frustrating times to be a Bears fan that I've experienced in a very, very long time. It is one thing to suck. It is another thing to have the expectations and to continuously fall just an inch short every single week. And that's what we saw from this Bears team the first half of the year. And we didn't see growth from the quarterback. And I will admit, when they played the Eagles at halftime, I wanted the Bears to bench Trubisky. Not cut him, not end his career, not send him to Siberia. I wanted him benched because he wasn't getting the job done. I was so fed up and so sad that I, will be honest, was on the edge of being ready to give up. Now, after this game last night, am I sold? And we should give him $150 million? No, but let's see, Bears fans. There's something called moderation. 
It's something a little bit called a gray area, and it's something also called a little bit of a wait and see. You can't bury him after a terrible game, and you can't hoist him up off your shoulders after a great game. That is until he wins the Super Bowl. And then after that, he eats steak for the rest of his life. But here's what I'll say is, again, let's just see how these next three games go. We don't need to put the magnifying glass right up against every single little pore in Mitch Trubisky's um, career development and decide whether he's going to be an MVP or he's going to be a bust. At worst, Bears fans, our quarterback situation has been so terrible the last 25 years, we don't even know a good quarterback when we see one. So if we get a guy right in the middle who's possibly stretching and getting a little bit closer to being above average good, we need to be happy with that. And we need to accept progress when we see progress. We can't just sarcastically, just flippantly say, oh, well, it's just the Cowboys. Or now he's figuring it out. He's playing against bad teams. It's just a couple of games. Look, guys, we want Trubisky to be good, right? We want the Bears to win some games. And I'm not saying for you to overlook or ignore some of the the warts and some of the bigger flaws that he's displayed earlier this season. But the hope is... And I really do hope this is true, is that be open to have your mind changed. I wanted Trubisky benched during that Eagles game. I was ready to give up. And I'm also not ready to give him $100 million. It is still in prove-it mode. But what a wonderful story it would be if this guy, who's been maligned, who's been criticized, who's been honestly made fun of, what if he's going through all these growing pains right now and comes out the other side and he's better for it what if he comes out the other side more mature with a growth process with a thick skin with a bring it on attitude who knows that hey he might never be the mvp of the nfl but he still could be a pretty damn good football player and help you win some games tell me bears fans would you take that would you be able to cheer for that a guy that can pick himself up from what He threw seven touchdowns in the first eight or nine games of the season. Looked like total trash. Basically almost cried at the end of the Rams game when they benched him. Told the media to turn the TVs off because he couldn't take it. What if he's been able to pull himself out of that? And what if he can't take it? I think that's something that should be applauded. I'm not saying he's going to rip it up in the next three games. But I tell you, my confidence is a little bit higher than it was last week and the week before, and it's slowly starting to inch up. So join me, Bears fans. I'm not saying we're going to win our next three games, but I think we got a great shot at beating the Packers next week. And that's just the mindset that we should have. And if Trubisky continues to slowly kind of play at this level and slowly continue to to improve, I think we have a lot to look forward to, hopefully, in the offseason. And then, for God's sakes, all offseason, we could talk about how they need need to play preseason games (laughs) because that's all I need to hear. So here's what I'm saying, guys. The Bears season about a month ago, we got in the car, we started driving down the road, and we were heading home. And here's what I'm saying. I'm turning the car around right now. I'm doing a Yui. I'm pulling around, and I'm heading back. And I just want to enjoy the concept and the prospect of us going to the playoffs. So I'm driving back. I turned around. If you want me to pick you up, you stick your thumb out on the side of the road, get in the car, and let's go. Roquan Smith is hurt. Who cares? Akeem Nix is coming back. Javon Wims is hurt. Hey, Riley Ridley. Nice. Big body. Now, can he catch every single pass on the field? Yet to be seen. He's a rookie. But can he maybe make some plays? Hey, let's find out. 
Let's see what we can do. And Mitch Trubisky is light years difference from what we saw a couple of months ago, right? I mean, at the very least, you got to feel pretty good about that. And I think if the Bears could win out, if the Bears do get into the playoffs, I'm just going to say it now, they have just as good a chance at winning the NFC as any other team if they get in. If they don't, they don't. And it's still just we're in the same place we were before. The season it could have been a talented roster, maybe looking towards next year, making a couple more improvements and taking another shot at it because we've already made our bed. But now we can maybe get out of it and climb back in. And if we do, you guys, guess who we're going to be thanking for that? Mitch Trubisky. I want to congratulate him. He did a good job. Do I think he's going to be amazing every single week? No, I don't. But am I excited to see him next week and watch him play? I most certainly am. That's going to do it, you guys, for this week on Betting Chicago on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos. We're going to come back next week. We're going to preview Bears and Packers because we are getting jacked about it. I also want to get into some Bulls talk. Only two and a half games out of the eight seed. They're eight and 14. They're no good. But in the East, that's good enough to be in the hunt. I want to talk about them a little bit. We're going to keep talking about Chicago sports because that's what I love. That's what you guys want to listen to. And I thank you so much for listening to me. This was Betting Chicago on the Believe Podcast Network. I'll be back. Have a great weekend. Go Bears. Bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.